2: We've talked about some of the biggest questions overall facing the Cincinnati Bengals in training camp 2023, but let's focus in on some of those offensive points we didn't talk about in an offense training camp preview.
1: You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to this show on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts, and that'll make it really easy for you to join that first listen club, making us your first listen every day, or the Every Club. Those of you who don't miss an episode, we appreciate each and every one of you who either listen every day and or make us your first listen. And James, today we're going to dive in with a little bit more detail, with a little bit more time to talk about the offense, not just talking about the offensive line or running backs or or depth questions there that we talked about uh, yesterday or or this week, talking about the offense on the whole and and some of the bigger themes that we've observed from the offseason program to our conversation with Brian Callahan to other topics like tight end depth that we didn't hit earlier this week. But Let's start with the overall offense and Joe Burrow within that offense, because obviously this team mostly goes as Joe Burrow goes with very few exceptions to that rule. And as the season went on last year and the Bengals transformed their offense and they dedicated themselves to being a shotgun team and stop trying to be this under center and shotgun team where they were kind of living in two worlds. Joe Burrow got better and better as the season went on to the point where his efficiency numbers and his PFF grades or whatever metric you want to use were right there at the top of the NFL, either better than or tied with essentially Patrick Mahomes once they kind of figured out what they wanted to do with their offense. And then now you have an off season to marry the run game and the shotgun up to the pass game in the shotgun and make that more cohesive and and you hope that getting in the full offseason in that scheme that hopefully they don't have to entirely change mid season this year leads to bigger and better things and more consistency for this offense on the whole.
0: I think they know what they are. And last year, you're right. It was tough because they, they were juggling a lot of different things. And it, it's been the case really throughout Burroughs career. And, and it kind of aligns with the, the weird off seasons. And so hopefully it's, July 18th, as we record this, that nothing happens over the next eight days and he starts camp on time and everything is, is smooth because that would be the first time during his NFL career where that's the case. And this should be, and we'll get to the offensive line, but the best offensive line he's had. And you look at the skill talent, maybe the best skill players he's had. And I, I think that's reasonable because there's a certainly a scenario where Jamar Chase takes another step forward. I think a lot of people expect that. T. Higgins takes a step forward. Tyler Boyd, in a contract year, plays at a high level. But then all these other guys—Joe Mixon—we've talked a lot about him and the incentives around him to, to to play at a high level. Irv Smith Jr. Like, there's a lot of guys that have a lot to prove, or just where they're at in their career uh, could just take a step forward. And Burrow is is number one because of what's around him and because of who he is. And so, yeah, I think. I think we'll see some a little more play action. Doesn't have to be under center, but I think we'll see a little more under center at times. It would not shock me. Now, it, it might be in, in certain games going up against specific defenses, but it, it makes some sense, and I think it will make sense with this powerful offensive line to do some, but game on the line, uh, late December, January, I, I still think that this is going to be a passing team where Joe Burrow, regardless of the weather, is throwing the ball a lot, and, and that's how it should be. So I, I just I think they have a better idea of their identity, but they're also going to be able to expand the playbook a bit more, and that's why I mentioned the under center stuff. The, the play action will certainly be a bigger part of things because of the offensive line. I, I don't know why they wouldn't be better in that area. And so if they are, like we expect, that playbook for Zach Taylor, for Brian Callahan, should expand a bit because Joe Burrow's ready. I think the rest of these skill guys are ready for for that to expand.
2: Part of this will just be Joe Burrow's comfort in some of these concepts that has presumably grown over time. He's never had amazing splits between play action and non-play action, the way other quarterbacks get really big benefits in terms of explosive plays, in terms of yards per attempt or whatever it is. Joe Burrow's never had those splits, at least in the NFL so far where his play-action reps have led to some significant leap in production versus non-play-action reps. If you can get a little bit of that advantage this year as you build that cohesion in your offense, which is something that Brian Callahan talked to us about, if you want to go back and listen to those couple of episodes when he's talking about what their point of emphasis has been or was to that point in the off-season program before training camp, That's part of it. But you think about the things that Joe Burrow is trying to improve on because he always identifies a couple of areas that he wants to work on. And he'll tell the media that, you know, it's just trying to bring his entire game up or whatever he'll say at some point because he doesn't want to give away exactly what he's doing. But, you know, you you think about the things that you noticed he was working on in the offseason program play action, run pass options, something that the offense was working on, certainly. But Burrow also working on delivering the football from different arm slots. And one of the issues that he had last year was deflected passes. And he was very, very unlucky on deflected passes in terms of the percentage of those that became interceptions was unusually high for Joe Burrow in 2023. But if you can avoid the batted passes in general, you're you're giving yourself a better chance of completing the pass obviously. Mm -hmm. So if that's something that he can add to his arsenal, the ability to get creative with arm slot should improve his ability to get through some passing lanes around those big bodies in the trenches and also gives him the ability to get a little bit more creative on the fringes of the pocket as well.
0: Yeah. Let's say the offensive line deals with multiple injuries or or doesn't live up to the hype and isn't as good and and is is sort of what we saw last year, which, when they were healthy, I think they were pretty solid at times, certainly in the middle and end of the season. But they had to run the quick game and play a ton of, all right, one, two, go. We're like, where, where is where, he going with the ball? He had to read. There's a lot of three-step drops, a lot of shotgun. And that's –
2: A lot of double Honestly, Honestly,
0: the, the pass rush was like, okay, well, we're not going to get to him. We know that, so I'm going to jump and try to time it. And so – you could talk about the offensive line aspect of this, but from a what burrow can control standpoint, it is the arm angles and finding different ways to be as accurate as he is without being as predictable and being able to catch defenders off guard. And I, I so I, I think that is part of it, and uh, I, I would expect to see that throughout camp. Uh, you know, OTAs are when you... You can kind of test some of those things, and I'm sure it's fully tested now, and now it's going to be fun to see him in action in 11-on-11s when we see that and against uh, a defense that is expected to be one of the best in the league. So there's little things Bro can get better at, and we've covered a few of them. The, the arm angle thing is certainly something I'm looking forward to seeing. Can he keep that accuracy, which is pinpoint, elite? Can he keep that with these new arm angles?
2: We're almost... We're pretty much at the same point as we were last year, actually, when we were saying how much of a difference will a healthy full offseason make for Burrow? And I know you mentioned this earlier, and I'm mm-hmm. just going to knock on wood oh, as wow. we do. But, man, we've been talking about this for years with Joe Burrow. If he can get a healthy full offseason, how much of a difference could that make in, in in avoiding that rough start they had last year where he clearly wasn't 100% physically or or didn't have the reps because he's a guy that's talked about he likes to get those reps could just mean that they're they're hitting the ground running a little bit faster that he's more involved in as Callahan talked about getting those coaching points to his receivers as he's running some of these meetings like Callahan said essentially for the coaches and having those opportunities to to see that on the field in training camp as well I, I feel like Maybe we're overstating it. Maybe not. The guy hasn't had a regular off season in his NFL career, and you would think that that would be good for him.
0: For sure, I don't think we're overstating at all. I think it's super valuable. He's played, he's entered seasons, you know, behind the eight ball, mm-hmm. and it it hasn't been his fault. And so hopefully. Uh, that isn't the case, and he can start ahead, and they can get off to a hot start. We'll see if they do. Let's continue to preview this offense with training camp a week away, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet in bonus bets up to $200. What does that mean? Well, just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets win or lose so maybe you want to wager on ellie de la cruz maybe you think matt mcclain and the reds are going to get it turned around after a little bit of a skid thanks to the brewers well you can wager on them and you can get 200 bucks to spend on everything from the money line to the reds to maybe you just think that otani is going to continue to just scorch the earth did you see his bat flip yesterday just unbelievable sign up today at fanduel.com slash locked on Get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash Fanduel, official partner of Major League Baseball.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Cincinnati
2: Bengals offense goes as Joe Burrow goes is how we started the show, but there are players who aren't Joe Burrow on this team. Joe Mixon, a guy we talked about a lot. Wait,
0: what? They have players not named Joe Burrow?
2: I mean, we've got entire episodes without talking about Joe Burrow, which is not something, after they drafted him, that we did for quite a while. It took us a while to, to have segments not dedicated to Joe Burrow. But Joe Mixon, a guy we talked a lot about, not going to talk a ton about him today if you're interested in hearing about the contract uh, that he reworked or, or where the running back room is going to line up you can go check out the last couple of episodes. I do want to just quickly mention that full details on the new Joe, Joe Mixon contract are available over on over the cap. Uh, he, he reduced his salary. Essentially they, they moved that money to a roster bonus. So they did quote unquote restructure. Some of that money It's no longer base salary it's now Ooh. roster bonus, but they didn't change any of the prorated portions. So what that means is as we discussed his cap hit if they were to move on from him next year which as we discussed i think he dramatically increased his chances of being on the team in 2024 by agreeing to this renegotiated contract the dead cap hit is the same in 2024 so those are all the details he did get some guarantees out of it and that is the other small update here he did get 4.128 million dollars guaranteed as part of agreeing to this renegotiated contract according to over the cap. So uh, th- that is a note that Nixon did get that so, concession out of
0: the deal as well. So they did restructure for the, fir- yeah, for the I first mean, time in franchise history.
2: I would still say no, because to me, that tool is specifically changing the prorated structure of the contract to free up cap space in the short term at the expense of cap space in the future, there's no expense to cap space in the future for, for the Bengals in this case.
0: Because if they did that, we would have ripped them sideways anyways right. Right, to your point, you know, I mean, that would have been an awful move. So yeah. the point is you wanted to keep everybody updated on the details. Uh, let's, let's talk. And we, we did spend a lot of money, uh, a lot of money, a lot of time and money because time <laughs> is money, uh, on, uh, on running back yesterday so check that out but let's let's go to my favorite position the most important position in all of sports hunter and and sorry joe burrow i'm not talking about you wide receiver mm. uh by the way i hopefully everyone checked out that uh, make a wish feature on sports mm-hmm. center jamar chase it was awesome so hopefully you check that out but uh this wide receiver room is loaded it's been loaded but I don't think it's as top heavy as it's been in the past. Obviously, it's still top heavy, and it's going to be anytime you have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. But I, I think there's a lot of talent in the back end now after you add Charlie Jones Jones and, and Andre Yosevash. You, you agree? You concerned? What What are your thoughts about the back end of that room?
2: Uh, I think you go look at the Madden ratings, and you're like Charlie Jones oh. is a fifty.
0: I know. I would <laughs> be Bengals- a fifty. I would be a fifty. Well, what are Why? They doing? why-
2: why are the Bengals drafting a fifty in
0: the fourth round? Come on, Bengals! What are you doing? Uh, we should have Duke. Know. We should have Duke Tobin on and, and just do that.
2: I want just to see Charlie Jones. Man. You know how they do the rookie reactions to Madden ratings. Right. I want to see Charlie Jones in dig reaction.
0: That's your, that's I'll ask him next week. I think it's more likely that he has fifty catches than is actually plays like a fifty this year. And I'm not saying either is likely, but a fifty. A fifty isn't on. even a practice squad player.
2: But that's a that's a you're going to the CFL you're not making it in this league player
0: yeah I, I agree yeah like that's Kwame great. Lassiter who did, who wasn't on the the roster last year was on the practice squad he yeah. should be in the 60s minimum like he's a minimum yeah I think is he see like that sounds right Charlie Joe see that's all right Chuck Sizzles about right. to prove prove EA wrong huh
2: he's a, he's a 63 and Yosovash is a 53 anyway Madden ratings aside. I think that these two guys should improve your depth of wide receiver. Yosevash and Jones, I think are equally important if Yosevash is as advanced as coaches tell us he is. If, if he's not, and he just needs a year, then fine. But here's why Mm -hmm. is primarily Jamar Chase, Higgins, and Tyler Boyd are your receivers. Charlie Jones further along, ready to come play in the slot. And, and take snaps if Tyler Boyd needs a breather, if he needs to recover from a small injury here or there. But Charlie Jones, you feel good about hitting ground running in the slot. Uh, and, and honestly, in terms of drafting for the future, which is not really what we're talking about today, Charlie Jones really fits for that slot of the future idea. Yosavash though, if Jamar Chase or T Higgins go down, who's playing outside? Right now, it's probably still Trent Irwin. If, if they need to get an outside receiver that is not Jamar Chase or T Higgins onto the field. But it's if Yosavosh just blows us away and hits his absolute ceiling for this year, which is a big F I, I'm still not expecting a ton on the field from Yosavosh this year. I'm still excited about what he's going to do in camp and to see how his development sure. is coming along in terms of, you know, Polish getting in and out of breaks and, and route running and all these things. If Yosovash can be that guy and give you an extra element of athleticism and size outside if they need it, that seems like that would be pretty sweet. That would be a great development for this team in terms of depth. And and I I think that that's... Like, kind of a long shot, and he's still battling for a roster spot, right? Like, Stanley Morgan Jr., Trent Taylor, Kwame Lassiter, they've been around, Trent Norman, they've been around, they're all fighting for a roster spot as well. And how many receivers they keep is one of the more interesting questions when we get closer to cutdown day. But there's a sneaky chance that, like, if Yosefash can figure it out very quickly, faster than expected, and be the next, you know, late round receiver the Bengals hit on a la Marvin Jones, but faster. He could could have a chance of being just as important, if not more, than Charlie Jones.
0: I think it's more likely that Charlie Jones plays outside in camp. I'm not Hmm. saying either is is going to happen. He's capable of doing that that because he did it at Purdue. And you can spoon-feed rookies in OTAs and and go that route. And so I I think primarily when you look at the Bengals wide receiver room, you can always put Jamar in the slot some – And, and and so so that's part of it. But, but the other aspect is what do you want Charlie Jones to be very, very comfortable with? Well, being Tyler Boyd's backup, that's what cost you last year. And, and we've seen it with these guys get getting dinged up, but I'm curious to see if now they, they hit the ground running once he, I'm sure has a full grasp of the playbook, if they put Jones outside at all during camp, I, I think that that's, that's the interesting thing is how they use these guys to your point if yosavach comes on then maybe he's just it, it, you know takes off and and that's it the, the other part of this and I, I actually went back i don't know like a month ago and watched a bunch of 2022 trent nerwin left a bad taste in our mouth in the afc championship game and rightfully so because one on one they needed him to get open and it just wasn't happening but he made plays i mean he All made year. plays last year and mm-hmm. and that's I think that goes like, and I, I think I even forgot how many plays he made. So I, I think that he is, he's probably the favorite. You're right to play outside still. I think he's going to make the team. And, and to me, having guys like Yosef and Jones and getting them comfortable, Yosef would certainly just be an outside guy, at least right now, but trying to get Jones comfortable at both. I think that's the way they should do it. I don't know if they will are we sure jones should art? like i have high expectations for i think he should be like plug and play slot so Mm -hmm. hopefully they they can give him at least some of the uh the outside routes as well because even if he could take over some of those and split with trenton irwin it does give you a different dynamic because they are different players
2: yeah it's it's a question for me of how his size plays outside in the nfl because you, you have better athletes, bigger athletes in the NFL than college, and that was sometimes an issue for him. He he won outside. Don't get me wrong. He was able to win outside in college in in his last year, but it, it's just a a skill set question, a trait question for him translating outside. You would like We're to see the room
0: We're hitting the weight room. Don't worry. Sure. Sure. Got in a good lift today.
2: Ideally the the top three guys just say well yeah like 99.9% of your snaps and we're not we're not worried about any of this but this is where I, we're at I mean
0: ideally those dudes red shirt,
2: <laughs> yeah because totally.
0: boy does it come off the field as the three and the other two are out there putting up 1500 a piece
2: and another cool thing that I mentioned a few times uh either on Twitter or on the show are Jamar Chase do we see him in the backfield in training camp do we see them working on that stuff or do they wait until reporters aren't watching them and fans aren't watching them to work on some of those more interesting alignments and I mean Jamar Chasey e. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are the show wide receiver those guys are going to be very fun to watch but the depth and and you know Stanley Morgan trying to find a roster spot Trent, Trent Taylor trying to find a roster spot Kwame Lasseter trying to show that he could take a step and deserves a roster spot those are going to be some interesting battles in that wide receiver room some more to talk about on this offense we haven't talked about tight end depth very much lately I mean we've talked about it this offseason for sure But Mitchell Wilcox is still out there, James. Let's talk about the tight end position and the rest of our notes to watch on offense to finish up the show here coming up next.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: All right, Jake. Let's dive into the the tight ends. And I mentioned Irv Smith earlier in the the, the show. If there's ever going to be a time, and I, I watched some of those, I'm sure you have to seen some of his off-season, tra- off-season training videos. If there's ever a time where Irv Smith Jr. is going to break out and establish himself as a, a starting tight end in this league, it's this season. And I think that, that's the beauty of this because we're going to talk about the depth of that tight end room, but you're talking about uh, a a good young player that's dealt with some injuries, and now he's coming into a place that He's not going to have to do everything. He's not going to have to carry the load from an offensive uh, output in production standpoint. But if you stay healthy in this offense and do what you're supposed to do at tight end, I think you walk into 400 plus yards, multiple touchdowns, 40 plus catches, and that's that's just kind of what it is. So I, I think Irv Smith Jr. probably going to have a career year.
2: Yeah, the potential certainly there, right? Big question is health. Uh Drew Sample, Brad Robbins getting involved in this conversation as well. And for those of you that have no idea what I'm talking about, go watch me get confused about Drew Christman and Drew Sample and yesterday's show. James, I can't believe you didn't even smile. Anyway, Irv Smith if he's healthy the in best. this offense. Who's a better be. punter,
0: Irv Smith Jr. or Drew Sample?
2: That's a great question. I would love to I'd love to see them go at it. I don't think either of those guys punt. Uh Jamar Chase has, has punted in in practices for fun.
0: So is, Joe Burrow has too.
2: Yeah. Um back to the the point at hand tight end is still not a featured part of this offense. It'll be interesting to see it, where Irv Smith falls in the spectrum of recent Bengals tight ends, CJ Uzama getting a little bit more production than Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst was injured last year. They use these guys very differently. Hayden Hurst more of a check down underneath type. They use Uzama a little bit more down the field. Part of that could have also been the way defenses were playing them when Uzama was still around versus the way they're playing them last year. A lot more focus on taking away the the deeper part of the field last year against the Cincinnati Bengals, but that was mostly on the outside. So if Irv Smith can't open up the middle of the field for Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals offense, that would be or help to do it because it's not like it's only him. They're hitting the dig. Mm-hmm. They're, they're hitting Tyler Boyd in the middle of the field too. Um, but if he's, if he's more than just a checkdown, which is kind of where they got with the tight end position last year, you don't need a very special tight end to just be a checkdown guy. You need somebody who's reliable in that role then that'll be an interesting wrinkle for the offense. And like, uh, what was it, Paul Daner Jr. said, are you willing to take $3 million this year to make $8 million for the next few years? Well, this is our Smith's opportunity to, to lock in that $8 million for a few years if he can stay healthy, because he will produce with Joe mm-hmm. Burrow in this offense.
0: And, and you do wonder, could he be even better than what they had in Uzama and, and Hurst? I, I just, I, I wonder, I don't know. Um, but I, I think that there's... There's a level that even in this offense where tight end is at best the fourth receiving option, uh, there's a next level. And maybe it's just the offense hitting another gear and and maybe he's picking the right year to do it, but they certainly need to stay healthy at tight end. I think that's the thing is, is depth mm-hmm. there. Devin Asiasi is your, your third guy after that. Um, do they bring back Mitch Wilcox? Like you mentioned, I, I think that's a very realistic possibility in, in something we'll monitor is if uh if, if they address that between now and camp or or you know in the middle of camp at some point. but honestly, I, I think that the the top two guys, and obviously one is the exact same in drew sample. but let's go top three. I feel pretty good about the top three compared to last year. I think it's very comparable. And uh, they brought Asi in afterwards uh, after some guys got nicked up at cutdown Bay. but overall, I think they're 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 okay at tight end. I would love for them to add a body though, if they have any questions about those those top three.
2: Mercedes Lewis still out there, my guy. That I've been talking. Dream on. About. All, he's all older than awesome. he's
0: older than. If you're older than Zach Taylor, you can't be on the team, and he's not older than Zach Taylor, but it's close enough.
2: He might be older than Callahan.
0: It's close. It I, I think it's. I think they're. I think Callahan. I I looked this up. I think uh, Callahan's a little. I because Mercedes Lewis is thirty eight, right? I'm pretty 39. sure Callahan's
2: just turned thirty nine. Okay, so they're mm-hmm. close.
0: They're both thirty-nine. All right. Well, there you go. God. Turn thirty-nine in May. Yeah. Sadie's Lewis. Someone signed him. He's he's, he's still good.
2: Hey. He's still good. I would do it. They might not.
0: I, I would. does he want to play for league minimum either? I don't know. He doesn't have a ring, so yeah. It's not like he's made
2: like massive contracts in his career. He's he's been around for a long, long time though. Yeah. He's had he's had his his chance to, to earn a lot of money in his career. I mean, that's a long NFL career. 39, still playing at a high level. Mercedes Lewis, go go sign the deal. Don't think it's going to happen. The other thing we're obviously watching, in addition to tight end depth, which is a, a question. I mean, out, out of all the positions on this team, that is the one you're looking at where you're like, man, where where is the... You feel great about depth of wide receiver. You feel pretty good about depth at running back, even though they need to figure out who's going to be doing the pass protection. You even feel better about depth at quarterback. I mean, Joe Burrow is the team, but Trevor Simeon is an improvement, in my opinion, at backup quarterback. But it's just you you look beyond Irv Smith, and and you're left wanting more, I think, at tight end. Uh, Offensive line, we talked a lot about the tackles yesterday. But continuity for Ted Karras, he should be – just as good as he was last year. Alex Kappa, getting him back from the injury he he dealt with late last year. You have a really solid interior pair there. Jonah Williams' acclimation to the right side, we talked a lot about that yesterday. Orlando Brown settling in on the left side. And then the big X factor on the offensive line that we we alluded to yesterday or when we talked about the big questions, James, was, was Cordell Bolson and how big of a step he can take and he's getting a lot of positive compliments from guys like Orlando Brown and Ted Karras in terms of his progression year over year. The eye test is certainly interesting there year over year for, for Cordell Volson as well. And, and I, do, I do think that's the next factor, right? If, if he can play 10 15% better, reprise some of his better games over the course of a season, be a little bit more consistent and play faster, which is what Callahan talked about, as far as, as Volson's development, understanding what he's doing a little bit better in the speed of the game, then you're that much better in terms of weak link and, and reducing those weak links on the offensive line.
0: Yeah, I think just looking at it, there's there's two questions. Can Jonah Williams transition to right tackle and, and play it at a an average to above average level, which he did play tackle at an above average level, I would say, in 2021? And maybe he reaches another level because he's 25 years old and this is about the time. Same thing with Cordell Volson. It's, you know, he was an older prospect coming in. Can he make a jump, take a jump? And how big is it? And how much does it help playing next to Orlando Brown, another big bodied guy? I I think that's certainly going to help. So expectations are high for Cordell. I, I know, like you said, people in the building feel really good about him. So, this line, I feel really good about the starters, at least the penciled-in starters. Four of the five jobs are already signed, sealed, and delivered. I think right tackle is is at least penciled in. Maybe it's written in pen with one of those erasable pens. But, but after that, which don't always erase fully, by the way, what a joke that was as a kid, thinking that I could actually erase them all the way. You always could tell that there was pen. Anyways, uh, I like the depth behind them, though. I mean – if they keep Lyle Collins, and that's the part of it, like you could always move Jonah to left tackle if you needed to in a pinch. You obviously would have Lyle. You have guys like Cody Ford who you signed. Does he does he become an interior guy? I know they signed him to be a tackle. We'll see there. I think the interesting camp debate in dilemma is can someone like Jackson Kirkland, the undrafted free agent, Make a push out of Washington. Ben Brown last year mm-hmm. signed, got injured right away. Can he make a push? These backup interior linemen, will they be able to push for a spot? Because if so, it's going to have to be like a, an Akeem Adenergy, a Trey Hill, someone like that, that, Deontay Smith, that they push for a roster spot and and find a way uh, to, to beat those guys out for, for a, a spot on the team.
2: Yeah, there's 16 offensive linemen currently on the
0: roster. Is that all?
2: which is more than they've had, as, as we discussed in, in recent years. We, we've talked about this before if you're an everydayer, but they're not going to keep more than 10. Lyle Collins very well could land on the PUP, pup list, so physically an, unable to perform list. That could be Cody Ford's ticket onto the team. Could be Deontay Smith's ticket onto the team. But there some real battles for these backup positions. Sharping, identity Kirkland, if Kirkland can... Get back to the form he was at, because, but before he got hurt and and went back to school for another year, he was seen as a day two pick, and he ends up being a college free agent. He deals with some some injuries that could impact his mobility, his long term future. Ben Brown, a guy that we know they liked last year, before he got hurt in training camp, will have another shot this year. So for some of these guys that have been around, Trey Hill. Hakeem Energy, Deontay Smith, they they have a little bit more competition this year in, in the depth positions of that room. And you know that's something that the Bengals are scrutinizing because for two years in a row, the the depth and quality of offensive line play, once they got deep into playoff football, cost them one way mm-hmm. or another. And so they're gonna be trying to do better there this year, I think. And, and you can see that with Orlando Brown with Cody Ford, the veteran, and we'll see how he plays, if the change of scenery helps him get back to his draft status or not. And if they keep Collins, that tells you really how much they're emphasizing depth because for for a very long time, it looked like how how, how do you make that work from a money perspective? And instead it is, they they told us they were going to give him every chance to be healthy and they still are. And we'll see how long that, how long those chances i guess last if that lasts through the pup list and into the regular season if they want to continue to carry that contract and and have him as a potential big depth piece coming back potentially early in the season as well
0: i think they will because they freed up money now Mm -hmm. with the mix and deal and barring something really unforeseen they can't afford that luxury and so maybe it gets tighter and they have to make a decision down the line maybe they have questions about his health down the line but as of now, if I had to wager, I'd say that well will be on the roster and, and maybe start this year on Pup, like you said. And I hope that does happen, I mean, unless he's healthy enough to push to play right away. Right. But I hope that does happen because having well Collins as an insurance policy is one hell of an insurance policy that every team in the NFL would probably want in that tackle room.
2: Yeah, if he gets healthier and, and you assume that last year's immobility at times and stiffness and, and the lunging and the diving – were just a result of injury more than just age-related decline, which certainly some of it at least was related to some of the injuries he was dealing with throughout the season, that would be a a huge backup plan, literally and figuratively, to have some point in the season. Um, I have one other point and it's gone, so that's going to do it. That's it. That's the offense, James. That's the end of this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We've still got specialists to talk about. Try to find a punter expert to do a, do a whole episode on Brad Robbins. Probably not, but specialists welcome up. We'll also talk about the defense in more detail as well. And those extensions, that was the point. Those extensions are going to be interesting for LC's future and how they dig into this year's cap. And we'll have to wait and see how those contracts are structured. But that's going to do it, like I said, for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Defense coming your way later this week as we wrap up with some training camp previews. And rookies are a couple days away at this point. Veterans a week away from reporting as we record this. We're almost there, James. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time, Day, and have a good one.